The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. And it was through that initiative where everyone could meet each other to be helpful to each other that I realized, wow, people still wanted to help ex-Googlers even though they leave the company and I think that the, one of the best things about uh, Google is that when, even if you joined last year or 20 years ago now, you realize the special thing about Google is people helping startups. It was a startup. There's great people uh, working on tech. And so people want to stay close to startups. Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast and stay curious with Patricia Falco-Bekali. Good to see you back here for another episode of our series From Crisis to Creation on Mentory TV. I'm Patricia Falco-Bicalli, your host, and let me first of all start with saying thank you. You've been so interactive, sending in your questions, your comments, your thumbs up, so really thank you for that. And also your co-creating kind of motivation. You give me ideas, you also tell me who I should get on the show, so thank you for that because this is what Mentory TV is all about, getting the masterminds in their own, let's say, realm onto the show, speak to them, make sense, and have us all mentor it. And now let's get to what we're looking at today. Well, startup scene. How did the COVID-19 crisis so far really impacted not only the startup scene, but small businesses in general? If you look at the latest reports, for example, from the U.S. Small Business Administration, it was hit quite a bit. Almost 90% of all businesses in the U.S. are with employees of less than 500. So they're classified as small and startup businesses. So it's really important for the economy to get these businesses through a crisis, if not thrive through a crisis. And this is why I thought there's no better to ask uh, what does it really take to build a sustainable startup and a growing business, have it thrive in a crisis? Then Christopher Fong, he's the founder of Xuglico and also Stefan Erhard. He is basically responsible for Xuglico here in Central Europe. Thank you so much for being with us here on Mentory TV. Thank you so much for having me. Well, having both of you. <laughs> so uh, let me first of all ask you, Christopher, um, you founded Zuglo.co. What is it to those people that really don't know what you're trying to do with that? Sure. Thank you so much. So similar to Stefan, let's uh, go back to Google. I joined Google's New York office in 2006 and moved to the Mountain View headquarters in California in 2013 to join this team called Project Sandhill. And it's, it was really within Google and this Project Sandhill that helped 
spur the thoughts and also the experience that allowed Zoogler Co. to turn into a 10,000-person organization of ex-Googlers. There are a few current Googlers who joined Zoogler Co. before they leave Google, but a lot of them are Zooglers and they want to come back together to help each other. So going back to where it started was there was this team where, as I mentioned, Project Sandia, we would work with startups that were in Silicon Valley and also in New York to really help connect them to all different parts of Google. As we all know, Google now has different parts considered from search to Android to YouTube to Nest, all these parts that could be helpful to startup founders. And there was actually one startup that I worked with that has since been acquired by uh, a really large company called Under Armour, but MyFitnessPal, we had 22 lines of items of how they were, could partner with Google. And it was a great pleasure to meet all the different parts of Google that could be helpful to the startup. And a startup founder clearly would, would be beneficial to meet different parts of Google that could help with distribution, could help the monetization, could help with usage. And so met the founders through the venture capital firms. That for, for them was Excel and Kleiner Perkins that invested in them that made the introduction. And from there, when I left Google to do my own startup, I helped start Zoogler Co. Once I realized all the people inside Google continue wanted to help startups, and I knew the startup founders, I knew VCs who wanted more startups, and just through the triangle of founders, people inside Google, and venture capitalists, we did a lot of events. And I'm sure we'll talk more about what uh, has worked and hasn't worked through the community. But it's through that that now uh, we did 300 events, some in person, but a lot of it, as you can imagine, online uh, last year to really help startup founders. The events turned into something which became a demo day and one of the major events we do every year. We did one in 2016 at Google's uh, headquarters. And through that, I got to know of uh, one founder that we set up an investment syndicate with 1,900 investors. And Stefan uh, leads our, as he has mentioned, uh, our Central uh, Europe uh, Zoogler initiatives and efforts. And he has also organized a demo day. So I'll turn over to Stefan to talk more about Europe and the demo day. Well, if I may, just before doing that, I just wanted to pick up on what you said, because what you were saying is, you know, it kind of happened organically. There wasn't really that you saw there is a need from a startup scene to really hook up with Google, but it kind of, you said it was the Google employees that wanted to continue to help the startup uh, people. And then all of a sudden you saw the opportunity of really creating something and institutionalizing something. Yep, absolutely. So what happened was when I was leaving Google, I still remember this was in May 2015, right before Google's large consumer tech conference called Google I.O. Google Cloud's startup team, uh, individual there called Ken Schutt that I worked with on uh, Project Sandhill, decided to work with me to host an ex-Google startups event in SOMA, which is a startup district within San Francisco. And we invited ex-Googlers together. We had 40 people to start with. And it was through that initiative where everyone could meet each other to be helpful to each other. That I realized, wow, people still wanted to help ex-Googlers even though they leave the company. And I think that the, one of the best things about uh, Google is that when even if you joined last year or 20 years ago now, you realize the special thing about Google is people helping startups. It was a startup. There's great people uh, working on tech. And so people want to stay close to startups. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and I think this is really important. And we're going to talk about, you know, the feel and the difference what Google offers as an employer um, that can create really very interesting yeah, individuals post-Google. But Stefan, now over to you. Um, you are basically running the Xuglers.co in, in Europe. What were you, what is your experience here? Because you've been to the international events as much as organizing them here on the ground. Um, so Europe is like in like in, in tech overall not at the same stage as the US, and it's always a little bit of a delay behind. It's similar uh, things we've seen with the Zuglo community. The Zuglo community is bigger in the US because it's an American company, and we have, like, in, in Europe, like, only started two years later to hire people. But over the last couple of years, we've seen the community growing quite substantially in all kind of different offices from uh, London, Dublin to Zurich, Paris, we see people at some point leaving the company and the community is getting more and more interesting because a lot of people who leave Google tend to go into startups or build their own businesses. And we've seen already also here in Europe, the first success stories. Like in the US, we've seen like the founder of Pinterest is a former Google as one example, the founders of Wish, big retail company that just in, in the IPO process. The European stories are a bit earlier stage, but they're super exciting. Uh, I'm based in Zurich and Switzerland. We see, for example, companies in the aerospace like Dufour or Dadellen who are in the process to raise several like 10 million, 40 million dollars. Uh, and they're like really uh, working on something that is substantially potentially changing industries. And um, the community here is very similar to the US. Uh, trying to stay in touch with each other and see after they had the great experience working for Google, how they can help out each other. Yeah. And, you know, this is where we basically met. I um, came to, well, I, came, I had the chance to come to one live uh, demo day of the Xuglers. Uh, this is where I met you, Stefan. And uh, also I saw Chris appear there in, uh, in Zurich. And then uh, I joined the online version, which was in, fantastic, actually. I think it was the first one. Uh, the team was doing a fabulous job. And me as an investor, I, I really got a lot out of it, uh, listening to all these uh, pitches from the potential, for, from the startups looking for funding. Chris, um, now in terms of technology, and Stefan really um, put a very important point on the table, you know, where you have a different mentality to startups or starting up your business, entrepreneurship in the US compared to Europe. And you also have a different attitude from a potential investor to be open-minded, um, helpful, and more risky. What would you say are the, the main differences here you still can see? Sure. So um, before I talk about the main differences I can see in Europe and the US and globally, I do want to make, follow on from what Stefan said. Sure. Even though the European Zugler activities uh, were delayed based on seeing the success of the activities in the US first, we started the Zugler Investment Syndicate because of a European founder. It was extremely exciting. So I'll, I'll give you a bit of, of background. This founder is called Mark Cummins, and he had done his PhD and sold his company that became Google Lens to Google. And that was his first company. Uh -huh. He was there for, for a couple of years. He, he left his Irish, so he went back to Dublin to start a second company called Pointy. And we actually met at Zugler Demo Day, similar to the one you saw in Zurich at Google's office. He flew from Dublin to California. And I met him at Zugler Demo Day in, in, in California in 2016 when we had it. At the end of 2016, we realized we definitely need to find a way to 
democratize the investment into ex-Google founders. And we used a platform called AngelList. There's different uh, platforms around the world. But what we end up doing is allowing Zooglers and Googlers to invest in this company with a small amount of check sizes to educate these Zooglers and Googlers and investors of how to actually do angel investments. And after a couple of rounds of funding, which we were able to facilitate, the market is so pointy back to Google, to Google where he came from January of last year, so in early uh, 2020. So what we were able to do is actually uh, get inspiration. We said that we definitely need to invest in this uh, European founder and started the syndicate. And the syndicate now has, we made 38 investments. And through that, we're also having different vehicles to help invest in global ex-Google founders. So we've not invested in the US. In Europe, we've also invested in India as well as in Australia. So and going back to your question, uh, but I want to make sure that I want to comment on this European founder that caused us to actually start this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one of the, the, the great things about uh, Google as well as tech companies is your location doesn't matter as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I was actually uh, messaged by an ex-colleague who is based in Norway, and he had worked at Google's uh, office over in Australia, where we actually wanted to uh, connect on helping his uh, founders. There were two ex-Googlers and another co-founder fundraise not only in Europe but also in Silicon Valley. He had an offer to um, have a fundraising round and what we were able to do is help him to connect with other investors in the US. I would say that the only thing that really European lacks is not necessarily the talent, is not necessarily the eagerness, not necessarily the entrepreneurship ability, is the background of launching really fast-growing tech startups. Mm -hmm. And people in Silicon Valley is known to actually help the company scale but if you think of today's most exciting tech companies, one of them is Stripe, which was founded by two Irish brothers. So I think that's where the, what we're seeing is a, a ton of great opportunities for European founders to perhaps launch companies in Europe, bring them over to the US, and also have the knowledge of the Google and Xcode ecosystem, share how you can scale companies. Stefan. So in, 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 in Europe, we see like also a couple of very interesting uh, stories that are coming up. Like Pointy was mentioned as one of the really great ones. The later uh, one we've seen was uh, Dataform. Um, that's an, another like a cloud startup that's been just like um, uh, two months ago acquired as well. Uh, funnily, in this context, also from Google. I mean, that's not the only exit from former Google startups, but it's like a, not an unusual one because Google obviously knows how people think, operate, and um, it's for them like an interesting uh, network to stay in touch with after people leave the company if they do their own business. Um, but there's a lot more. Um, just thinking about my own demo day that I was uh, having here in Zurich uh, last um, uh, 12 months ago, we had 16 different startups pitching in front of like 80 investors coming not only from Switzerland, but like from all over Europe and even from the US. A couple of them got straight afterwards funding requests. Um, we've seen Within a short amount of time, some of them really like scaling up. Um, a, a great story is, for example, my camper in Switzerland that even right now in COVID times is doing especially well um, because they are not as much hit as the other travel companies. Uh, another interesting one is Akijo, a kids entertainment platform that during lockdown is growing extremely nicely because like parents, of course, uh, need some more form of entertainment for their kids or also write who was even going for Series A, who like got in touch with a lot of interesting investors. And investors overall really value getting in touch with Zooglers because they kind of see it as like 
a basis that you have across all of the Zoogler founded startups. Because like within Google, the argument is you get your basic tools to grow and um, make your business successful. People immediately think about uh, things like KPI, scaling, how to set up teams properly for success. All these kind of things are extremely valuable and um, make it for investors extremely exciting uh, to learn more about what's happening with people when they leave Google and set up their own business. Exactly. And I have to say from an investor's point of view, the brand Google and what it stands for is extremely alluring. And of course, if you think about investing potentially in a company, um, in a startup that is done by an uh, ex-Googler, and then the exit strategy would actually be to sell it to Google uh, back then, yes, it becomes a very potentially lucrative proposition to an investor. And coming back to my camper, I was sitting there and I would have been like so wrong because I was thinking, what are these guys up to? Um, I would never, but never invest in a company like that. And oh my God, how wrong am I? Because the pandemic really um, brought the entire way of how people can travel, considering that so many hotels are closed and leisure businesses are closed, of course, to the forefront. And that brings me to your observations, uh, gentlemen, during this pandemic crisis. What sort of startups did not only maneuver well enough, but actually did thrive? during the past few months and will continue to do so with and without the pandemic going on. So following on the trend of what you said about uh, Mein Camper, there was a startup that's called Vacation Renter that was started by a couple of ex-Googlers based out of a startup studio called Ruba Labs. So Ruba Labs was started about four years ago. They started Vacation Renter about two years ago. And Vacation Renter, last year they announced that they had $1 billion, $1 billion USD in gross bookings, which is a phenomenal uh, rate of, uh, of growth. When you think of the, in the travel space, uh, the pandemic definitely hit a, a pause around the March, April timeframe, and it was still able to hit $1 billion. And it's because of what uh, Stefan also mentioned with, with my camper, where people are not looking to, clearly they can't fly many places. They are trying to look at uh, perhaps uh, camping sites, they're looking at bigger houses to do a vacation at. So that's one category that um, when you think about it, it's actually doing well. When the counterintuitive, you think a travel startup wouldn't be doing well, but there are specific categories that are doing much better um, based on uh, what the dynamics are. Another category that I've seen a lot of, of uh, interest is telemedicine. So a telemedicine startup that, uh, that I've seen work really well is Blueberry Pediatrics. So Blueberry Pediatrics was started by a couple of ex-Googlers that we met up through the events and programs that we ran. They went through Y Combinator. We were able to invest in them through the investment syndicate. And what they do is, as you can imagine, what, what pediatrics is, is they help parents connect with doctors uh, via the telephone and also via the internet where they don't need to go to the hospital and doctor's offices during this time when a lot of people are trying to avoid these facilities. So now, the telemedicine space is another um, huge area of growth that we've seen. E-commerce definitely has uh, seen a big pickup as well. Uh, as Stefan had mentioned, Wish were ex-Google founders. They went to IPO recently. And so we're seeing a, a big uh, push over there. And, and Stefan can talk more about e-commerce and what's happening in Europe. But I'll, I think I'll wrap up with one more category. It's really trying to figure out what the new um, space of whether it's working from home or even what the, the new space of education really looks like. What we're going to see in the future is folks travel less for work. People have finally realized Zoom does work. You can close big deals on Zoom. You definitely still need to travel for perhaps larger deals or meeting someone in person. 
but for a lot of people, there's a lot of startups now looking at how do you actually make the in-person uh, experience move on to online where Zoom is a great platform, it's very, very stable, you're able to meet someone, but clearly there's still a few things missing and I'm seeing a lot of startups working on how you can actually make the experience a bit more fun, a bit more um, intuitive. Uh, a company called Room, R-U-M-E, is another Zoogler company that uh, went through Y Combinator as well, is working on that. And also there's also working from home type of uh, companies of remote working called CoScreen, working on those type of, of things. And finally, the last thing which a lot of ex-Googlers I'm seeing are interested in working on, it's education startups. So education startups is, is phenomenally doing very well. Quizlet, one of the largest, is, is actually the, run by Zoogler. Uh, OutSchool has been doing very well. The CTO co-founder is a Zoogler. Uh, and another company like Prisma, um, the founder actually sold her company for $350 million to Google called Wildfire. And she left to start Prisma and she actually has a, a uh, some couple of uh, team members in Switzerland working on it. So education, healthcare, e-commerce, and clearly travel are some of the categories that we've seen. So Stefan, what I'm passing to you to see what you're seeing in Europe as well. Uh, a lot of similar trends, as you were just mentioning. I would just like to add on top of it, uh, gaming is a good example. We have with Air Console, a former Googler startup that's doing really well, where you can play games on Zoom and on Hangout uh, together with the rest of your team. Um, I mentioned Kidjo already, like entertainment platform for, for kids, uh, doing really well. From an education point of view, we have a tutoring platform from UK called Scoodle uh, that also is having over the last couple of months a tremendous growth. Um, and also in like the retail delivery space, um, there's a startup from a former Googler called OKHI that is basically helping like companies in emerging markets in Africa um, to give people an address basically. So if you want to order something online, either just like for retail, but also just food delivery, you need to have some form of address. And in Africa, that's not that common. There's still a lot of people who don't have that specifically. And OKI is trying to help here um, to make it easier for retailers and also for delivery companies to find the person who ordered something as quickly as possible. So they gain time and can go back and pick up the next delivery order. Um, and this company is doing really well and got even funding from the Airbnb founders. Um, just to mention that as another example. So generally, across the board, everything that's related to e-commerce is doing really well, entertainment and education, but also like generally like SaaS or like call it uh, tech companies. A great example we've seen over the last 12 months is Cloud Optimize. Uh, cloud costs from AWS or Google Cloud can go quickly through the roof if it's not properly optimized. It's a startup from a former Googler here in Zurich that even got funding from Andreas Horowitz, who usually does not invest outside of the U.S., um, but he made an exception because he was really convinced that this is a great startup uh, to do some work with. And they're like right now having more requests uh, from external clients who want to work with them than they can handle. So they're like in, in a really great position because across the board, um, retailers, e-commerce for sure as well, yeah. people want to deal better with the cloud solutions and make sure they don't just send a lot of money to Amazon and Co. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting that one tries to kind of uh, spread it out a little bit. And coming back to your point, gaming um, as well as online betting. Now, these are two aspects in my life personally when it comes to values that are like a total no-go, okay? However, I did invest in Billy Billy 
on the stock market, which is, uh, you know, a, a gaming stock, and also in DraftKings, which is a betting stock. And they've been doing tremendously well because I see this mega trend even continuing. People will be more and more online. And, um, you know, which brings me also the, to the question to both of you. What do you think is going to happen with this shared economy? I mean, we have Uber doing very well on the delivery side with Uber Eats, but maybe nobody wants to share a car anymore. And this entire trend where we try to get away from this individual consumption and kind of say, okay, bunch people together and share it more and more. Is that a thing of the past or is it just past? I think it just depends on, on the, the categories, right? We mentioned about uh, Airbnb, it's actually still doing fairly well because people don't want to share homes but uh, or share someone's couch, but they want to go on vacation and stay in a larger home perhaps. And those are the opportunities in the sharing economy space. Uber, as you mentioned, they are pivoting into focused more on food delivery. I think I've also seen some startups that someone was sharing uh, about their, their investments where there's one startup that's looking at mobility where instead of actually going around uh, to actually helping people get to work and going from home to work, they're actually now actually pivoting to actually making these scooters available for people to actually go around as a, uh, a source of individual transportation. So the startup founders who can actually execute will find a way to make it work. It's clearly, there will be some startups that won't be able to work based on the economy. But again, um, it's all about pivoting. The I mentioned earlier in the conversation, there was this uh, Zoogler startup studio called Wuba Labs. They just released a startup report. They did conducted a study where they interviewed five, 150 startups. And they said the chances of success increases if the founders are willing to pivot. So this is clearly a great time to potentially even pivot. And one of the um, darlings of of uh, of the startup space was Slack, acquired by Salesforce recently. But Slack, if you look at the background, they started as a gaming uh, startup, and the gaming startup uh, the team realized they needed to communicate to each other faster, and so they created Slack as a platform for themselves to use and decided to focus on it. So I think the pivot, the, the pivot and is so much even more important during these days. So. Yeah, and to be to be nimble. And just because you mentioned, Chris, you know, the likelihood um, of success of startups. Before moving on to another big area where investors get more and more involved and potentially remotely, let me share with you um, a screen share, which I dug up. That's the first part of our conversation with Christopher Fong and Stefan Erhardt about the Xuglas.co and what does it really take to build a good, sustainable startup that grows eventually into a unicorn? And if you do like our conversations here on Mentory TV, keep on watching, liking, sharing, hit the bell button if you subscribe so I can always keep you informed about my latest videos with my wonderful masterminds here on Mentory TV. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 